episode 12 of the Fencing Podcast was recorded on the 8th of May, and since then, a whole load of exciting stuff's happened, the main bit of which is that Gav has become a father, so congratulations to Gav and Sabrina on the birth of baby daughter Sorsha. Now, the downside to this good news is that it means that I've had to step up and do the audio, ed- audio editing, so um, if it sounds a bit rubbish, my apologies for that, uh, but onwards into episode 12, and uh, apologies for any of the imperfections. Hope you enjoy it anyway. Let's go. Hello, welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. Uh, and I'm Sean. And this is episode 12. Woohoo. Still no party. Oh, I know. It's rubbish. No parties for you. You're about to become a dad. Still Your partying days are over. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to why that's uh, also a good and a bad thing in a minute. Um, <laughs> so, what's on the agenda for today? So, first of all, a follow up, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, a few. How shall we describe them? Factual inaccuracies, fake news, alternative uh, tip that I think we'll go for. Okay, uh, bits where we messed up last time round. Mm-hmm. Uh, three bits that were either pointed out to us. Um, or that we spotted ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, first one, when I was talking about the junior men's foil team final between USA and Japan, tremendous match, enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, Jeffrey Tourette sealing the victory, and I confidently stated that it was against uh, Sato, and it wasn't. It was uh, Shikini that was fencing, which was uh, a bit annoying for me to mess that one up, yep. but uh, glad we sorted that one out now. Uh, second one, uh, we were speculating wildly that uh, Amita Bertier was Singapore's first medal at world level and it turns out uh, no it wasn't it was a, a Singaporean uh, Lao who won the cadet women's sabre at the world championships just last year oh this, so is, this is before you, you took up the, the mantle of our uh, women's sabre correspondent that's clearly what it is yeah <laughs> anything that happened before this season uh doesn't doesn't yeah, count. It's not news. It doesn't matter. The stats start when we say they do. <laughs> yeah. So apologies for that one. And and our third or final one. Yeah. This uh, is this is my one. That was you. Yeah. So the fir- the original masks were called contour fit, not exchange. Yeah. Still do contour fit ones, but um, yeah, if you wanted to be able to take the bib and the inside off a, a Liam Paul mask, that's an exchange mask. If yep. the bib's fixed, but you've got your nice comfy uh, uh, cup on the back of the head. cup on the back, then that is a contour fit. Well, for the record, I prefer the exchange. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm um, glad we've uh, cleared up our mess a little bit. Uh, other exciting bit of news since last time out mm-hmm. was the accreditation, media accreditation opened for the World Championships in yes. Leipzig, which we're going to. Hooray. So we sent off our request for our media accreditation, and we're now officially journalist and photographer. Yeah, we've joined the mainstream media. <laughs> yeah, clearly. We're going to be stringers for the BBC or something. Yeah. So if, if you're in Leipzig at the World Championships and you see somebody wandering around with a microphone uh, looking a bit lost, that's likely to be me. And if you see somebody wandering around with a camera with a massive lens and a bag full of stuff, which you can't actually possibly need, uh, that'll be Gav. Yeah. Don't forget, you have to be the guy who wears the high-vis, Sean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did point out that you're likely to get uh, a horrible photographer's bib to wear. Yep, that's uh, right. And you'll have to wear it all the time yep. with pride. Of course I will. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to point and laugh. Yes. So uh, we've had some more Patreons sign up, I believe. Yeah, a couple of shout-outs. Um, thanks very much for this. We've uh, Obviously, we're delighted with our, our sponsorship from Lee and Paul. 
um but the support that we get from our our supporters on patreon very much appreciated um i did a little audio blog without telling you actually um <laughs> of course you did. for our patreon supporters um to tell them what we're going to do with our money oh, okay uh, and i offered my opinion as well so if you want to hear my opinion more regularly than just on the podcast um come and join our supporters on patreon um so thanks very much to chris mollard and uh justin alloy who have uh Join the, the band of, of Patreon supporters. Thanks very much to them. Yeah, thanks, guys. You just bought us a bag of Twixes. Hooray! <laughs> I like Twixes. Um, so, yeah, our, our interview this time up mm-hmm. um, was with Brazilian men's foilist, uh, Guilherme Toldo, uh, who was national hero mm-hmm. when he made last eight at the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro in yeah. the summer. Uh, and really a fascinating guy. So I caught up with him last week, and here's what he had to say. Okay, Graham, welcome to the Fencing Podcast. Um, you probably leapt to the, the fencing world's uh, attention with your with your result at the at the Rio Olympics, um, and I wanted to I wanted to get you to tell us about about the day. Uh, hi, uh, it's a very nice opportunity to talk about my fencing uh, Olympic opportunity, my Olympic experience. So uh, it was a very nice time for me. I was uh very concentrated on my fencing on this opportunity it was very nice time to put all my uh uh all the thing new things that i had get learned the next next in the last years so i just was concentrating about it i just want to put on the strip all this new thing new fencing then i get learned here in italy with my coach fabio valley and then uh, it was a very nice moment because Everybody in Brazil was uh, concentrated about the good, uh, good athletes, the nice, uh, nice sports, and I and I was looking to everything, and I said, I have to do something. I have to do something else. I have to make the people get get proud about me uh, from me. Like I have to do something else. So I was very concentrated on my result, my fencing, and then I'm so happy and so glad to get the the opportunity to really did it did that does it so it was a very nice moment and i'm so happy to 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 give everything that i can on that moment and then make very nice matches i make like a very nice match with friends and i was leading the match whole time and after i get concentrated and get calm to to make the last two touches and get and win that won that match and after i get uh, make a very hard match with uh, Yuki Ota as well, so it was a very nice match because I get the opportunity to just think on my fencing. Doesn't matter who was in front of me. So yeah. uh, it was the first time that this happened on my fencing life. Then uh, of course I had already beat very uh, stronger fencers yeah. in my life, but in that moment it was like the Olympic Games, and then it was like Yuki Ota, like. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's yeah, like the, big, very, the, the biggest stage like, against the world champion. It's uh, you can't yeah, ask for yeah, much yes, better, really. And then I enjoyed everything, and after the opportunity to get in the last eight with the uh, match with uh, the Hong Kong guy, the Shang Kelong. Mm-hmm. So actually, I, I also was a good match, and I get concentrated on my objective to keep doing a nice fencing, to keep doing a, a high level fencing. So I just caring about this just doesn't care about results. Of course, when you get 
win the won the first match, won the second, of course, when they won the third, the fourth, and uh, every every match in the half in the day. So, but I was so happy then. I just do what I came for, what I went for. I mean, like, and then uh, I'm so glad that this happened with me in my house. Like, I don't mean my house because I'm not from Rio, mm -hmm. but in my country. And then I'm so I, I, I get so excited. What well, What was the reaction like in Brazil? to your results? So, I'm, I'm a guy and I love Olympics and I know how, how the history of Olympic Games and I saw how was the like the public reaction in all the Olympic Games and everything that happened in Rio, even with my experience in London, was different. Yeah. Of course, the organization and all the stuff that they organized and all the, 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 the gyms, the, 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 the stadiums were very nice in London. I think that was better as well, more organized, more appropriate. But in Brazil, the atmosphere was very different. Yeah. The people was happy. The people was glad to have that better uh, sportsman in the world there in uh, our country. And then they are supporting so much holding the, the Brazilian athletes. It doesn't matter the, the sport. They just want to see the Brazilian on the top. And that feeling touched me. So I was so happy to get this on me, like this support on me, and I'm so happy to saw all my see all my saw all my friends there get, giving me the support. So it was like a very nice moment, and I I I I, well, I, I think everybody can have this moment in their, their their life, like have the opportunity to fence in their homes with their parents, fam friends, and everybody who love them so yeah. uh, it's like the 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 one expression that you cannot forget yeah and it's a, i mean so uh, i've spoken to obviously yeah. a lot of the, the the british guys um that fenced in london and they said that no matter where they fence in the olympics there's there's nothing going to be better than a, a home olympics yes i've never of course when the the, the your country organizing the games you think about the organization the things then they the mistakes that they make and then now you can see seven eight months after the olympic games i you see the stadiums they have nobody there and they yeah. doesn't care about that but you know everybody has to feel it because it's different feeling you cannot you can deny it like it's a different feeling it's a different situation uh, everything are looking for you every but not in the the bad way everything are everybody are supporting you yeah so when i say everybody is everybody as well is our whole country and this feeling you cannot change you cannot you can't say anything you can't look to the this mistake that i already said mm. because you are doing something that you love i do fencing because i love it and then the people are do are there to support you in the support you doing the things that you must love so in the world so all yeah. the situations make make you feeling like uh, uh, special yeah and then it's a very nice very nice feeling very nice feeling. especially if you want it if you can arrive to one on match so I feel the, the best things that I have in whole my life of course was at that day yeah like uh, and I I don't think I will arrive to get this feeling uh, in the next year, so I don't know what I have to do to get <laughs> to get something better time. than that. Yeah, yes, yes, it's yes, going to be difficult. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe winning an Olympic gold somewhere else would probably be pretty close, I would think. 
Yes, of course. If I have to get the gold uh, Olympic medal in the next uh, opportunity, of course I can try it and I'm gonna compare it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I doesn't know how to explain it. It's a different. It's a special situation, special feeling. Yeah. Um, now you, your journey to to the Olympics. You you competed at, at London 2012, um, and I, th- I think you said earlier that qualifying for London was. A bit of a well, I don't know, a surprise, a bit of a bonus at that stage in your career because you were still, um, still living and training in Brazil. Um, yes. So, so what was what was your training like at that at that point? So I was junior, and then I was fencing in Brazil. Yes, so I doesn't arrive to get a nice fencing levels. So I really doesn't really care about the Olympic qualification. I just wanted how I was young. I just wanted to keep growing on fencing and to try to learn as well the fencing and then to and try to be a good fencer. So just this. Of course I was uh, very sad about them. I was training like seven, six hours a day, like like a uh, slave, like every time, like that, every day. And then I doesn't arrive to get good results. I was very sad about it. So when I arrived to qualify to zonal qualifications for the games, I arrived there just with no pretension to qualify. I just wanted to to enjoy that moment. I saw many uh, fencers more experienced than me, and I just want to 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 pass to to fence. I just want to compete. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I arrived to qualify. I was so glad. Then I was preparing to won that bout. And then uh, when I qualified the Olympic Games, I said, uh, "Man, I, you get a final. You get like a good, very good result. You qualified for Olympic Games. Like you make a dream. Then uh, a lot of Brazilian athletes. So you have to do this. So now you have to do something else. And then I decided to move to Italy, to move to Trascadi, to start to get lessons with my coach Fabio Fabio Galli." And here in Tuscany, so I start. It was a very hard time because I had to start to fence from scratch because I had to learn a new fencing. So it was very very hard time for me yeah. because I start to live alone. I started to have a. I start to learn new culture, a new language, and everything. With ten years old and alone, it was a very hard time for me. But yeah. I. I arrived to get calm and then think about my objective in both Olympic Games in 2016 and that period. And then I arrived to to get calm, to organize all this new stuff in my mind and get prepared to the Olympics, to the my to the, the new challenge that I had in my life. So I'm still so glad to get past this moment as well. Like past this moment with uh, like a good uh, with good results yeah. also so did you feel so, when, when, you, when you moved to Italy um, and you had all these changes you had new language new culture uh, new way of training all, all these things did um, did you ever feel uh, you know I've made a terrible mistake I've done the wrong thing perhaps I should just course, all the time all yeah. the time I feel oh man what a huge mistake I did because I was learning so many things and do some much much new things, but to do this, I had to spend a lot of money, and then my parents can't support me on this. Yeah. And then I was uh, I get the, the my uh, federation support and sponsor support, and then I was 
uh, betting all on this, all in fencing. Yeah. And then I wasn't in, I wasn't like uh, feeling the need was the good decision yeah. in the next years because you are young, you are not like you doesn't have anything organized in your mind as well. You say a lot of things that are not right, and then just it's not because you are a bad person, just because you are young. Yeah, you, it's young, you, young it's still young and a bit foolish. <laughs> yes, and then. Everything was on my mind, but not organized. And then I, in 2015, which was a moment, then I lost one very important match. Then I decided to do this. I, I have to do something right. I have to organize the, these new things in my mind. And doesn't care about the things that I doesn't learn. I just have to get better. I just have to be a metro person to get like a better person like doesn't matter about something that now matter now what i want to do is get a better person so i start to organize all things on my mind to get calm but not calm like uh, uh to not become in the sense like i have to receive all the, this new uh, experience that i'm having here i just have to get calm to Approfite, like uh, to approfite, yes, mm -hmm. the right word. Yeah. All this moment, I have to approfite the situation, and then I have to learn with it, and then not with fencing, but with life. And then, about that moment, uh, from this moment, everything gonna make everything get start to make sense. Yeah. Everything so, so there was no, no no changes in your yeah. training or how you eat or nothing nothing physical all all entirely how you how you thought about yourself yes. and the sport. Yes, yes, yes. Because every uh, everything like uh, physically things already was changing, mm -hmm. but in my mind it was like a it's a terrible terrible uh, it was a terrible situation. So I had to I had to get calm and think just on it. And I think, in my opinion, this is the hardest thing, organize yeah. your mind. And then uh, it was also the moment then I start to to follow, to go to a, a psychology, psychologist. Yeah. Yes. But sports guy, not like mm -hmm. a normal psychologist. Like, and he support me in this moment, support me so much. And then uh, it was a very nice, very nice moment for me because I start really to understand everything that happens to me. In the like in the last years, yes. So and then uh, uh, I'm so happy that I I, I have these uh, then these things happen to me before the Olympics because I if I does, it doesn't happen to me of course I doesn't get the, the opportunity to the opportunity to 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 provide that Olympic moment. Yeah. So I I, I was so happy when I when I get over of it then I. Get uh, I provide all this moment as well, and then what I mean then, and I provide like uh, everything. Then it was like I have I provide every day. It it, uh, it was the last the last day in my life. Like yeah, uh, and then uh, this was the nice thing, the nice nicest thing, and then I'm so happy that I have arrived to do this. Okay, now you're. Uh... You're, you're still in Italy, still training there, and presumably now looking forward to, well, the next Olympics, you know, the cycle from, you know, one, one Olympics finishes and, and already 
Fencers' minds are, are cast forward four years to, to the next one. So um, you've had some pretty good results this season. Um, uh, I saw you fencing in Paris where you fenced uh, really well in defeating uh, Olympic champion Dan- Daniele Garozzo. Um, so is it is it more of the same from here through to Tokyo? Yeah, that, that means a lot to me. But, you know, um, when I decided the first time to move to Italy, I just wanted to get a better fencer. And now, when I come back to Italy for that season, I just want to get a better result. So, this first competition in Paris was very important to me because I get confidence for the whole season and and my points on the FIU ranking are very nice. So, I get opportunity to to gym with the top 16 and then with the medals and then uh, better results, as I, as I said. So everything is happening so fast for me because I arrived to make a left eight Olympics and then after I make a very uh, good season, a good start of season. And then um, many things changed in my life as well. So because before, my idea was do the pre to pre 2016 season hold in Italy and after come back home. Yeah. Start to study and then enjoy the whole time with the this, the, the the time with my family and everything. And then, but I decided to move back. I yeah. decided to get another objective, to get another point, uh, to arrive to another point in my life. So yeah, to keep to keep pushing on. I have to reorganize. All my preparation, all my objectives, all my ambitions. So I have to. I, also, it was a hard moment for me because I had to organize these things on my head yeah. another time. But I'm so happy that I feel more mature to organize this as faster as well. So yeah. I doesn't need. I doesn't need it like three years than I used it before. I just needed like a few months. Yeah, so everything because, everything's much quicker having done it done it once before oh, you. Uh, yes, of course. So I was I am very happy that I get uh, then I arrived to be so uh, mature and so experienced on the on this to to pass that moment as faster as well and the upper five whole season as well. So yeah. it was so good. Now and, your your seasons your seasons about to to hit a really um, busy time with uh, what we got. St. Petersburg in what a couple of weeks' time from when I'm speaking to you just now, and then Shanghai, then your zonal championships, and then and then the world championships. So, what what are your hopes for the rest of the season? So, uh, of course, I want to to do very nice results like last sixteen, last eight, and then I have to get medal on, on zonal championships. So, but. I think I, I have to do the better results of my life. Doesn't thinking about it. Uh, when I doesn't think about it, I, I have to get calm, to get concentrated, and do a good fencing and do a high level fencing. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to concentrate just on training, just on my preparation, and then get free to arrive in the competition in the better shape, in the best shape that I can have. Yeah. So, uh, so I feel better with this. Things in, on hand, like I don't know if I can get clear. So uh, I just want to get prepared for that moment. Yeah. I get to. I want to get prepared for the moment. Then I have to win a 14-14, and I have to get. I want to get prepared to arrive on the 
podium on a, on an international competition. So I just want to get calm to do my preparation as good as well. And then uh, my searching life, I want this for me. And then uh, now I'm arriving to organizing my life outside the strip. So I'm getting an university here in Italy. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that with these new things that are happening to me. So I'm, I'm so happy that I, I'm mature as well to organize all the things in my life in this uh, easier than I used to do before. Yeah. So, so, so do you think that um, that improved mindset, that better way of thinking is really the, the, the key thing in, in producing uh, your best results? Yes, of course. Yes, that, I think that's the key. Yes, and I'm, I'm so happy to to do this as well. So uh, is that I think this is more important in life. So I'm happy with this. Great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I chatted to you a little bit before, and uh, really fascinating to hear um, your experiences taking to taking you to the point where where you are now. And I wish you every success for the rest of the season. And, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you again before too long. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. So uh, I'm so glad to share my my experience with uh, with Hold Center because I think uh, we are uh, like fencing is the love of everybody than this sport. So. And uh, I would, and everybody who does fencing, every every fencer, then have the opportunity to get some experience from another fencers, from another fencer, just to grow as fencer as well, because we share the same love. So I I'm so glad to have this talk, and, and thank you very much for this opportunity. Absolutely, my pleasure. Well, he's a bit of a personality, isn't he? Yes, he was great. It was really good fun to interview. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to track him down uh, for an interview. Since I spoke to him in in Paris, I mean, you weren't there, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, chatted to them there, and yeah, a really fascinating guy and and, and good fun to interview. Yeah, he's, he's, he came across as being quite a lot of fun, and uh, I mean, the sound quality wasn't great, uh, but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to clean that up a little bit. So. Dodgy Skype connection, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was really good to talk to him and yeah. uh, getting his insight on on his his focus on the day of the Olympics. Yeah, I thought really a really fascinating insight to. Yeah. To how a how a competitor's mind works on a on a big day. Yeah, and I, it, it was interesting hearing him talk about him, the sort of the way that uh, Foyle is perceived in Brazil as well, and well, since 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 his performance and everything like yeah. that. So, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed listening to it. Good. So, time for some action. Um, obviously, with the Cadet and Junior World Championships, mm-hmm. it was all Cadet and Junior action time uh, last time out. Uh, but back to some seniors. So, what have we got? We have. Uh, well, the first one is the Women's Foil World Cup in Tibor, Tibor Bischofsheim. Yep, it was indeed. And uh, lovely live streaming from there. We like that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, all the four finals pieces covered from the last six yep. four over, so plenty of action for us to follow. Um, down to the last eight, though, uh, we had familiar faces there. Uh, yeah. Top three in the world rankings. Um Lee Kiefer, Ina Deraglazova and Ariana Irigo all there. Um, all three of them progressed smoothly to the, mm-hmm. to the semi-final. No, no great alarms there. Um, and joining them there was uh, Carolyn Golubitsky of uh, Germany. A bit of a, yeah. a return to form for her, yeah. for her, and uh, something for the for the locals to get to get excited yes, about as well. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's been been tough times for German fencing recently. Uh, we've kind of mentioned that a few times. They've uh, they've had cuts to their funding. Um, they've lost their their head coach for the women's foil mm-hmm. squad. 
um, various other problems with sort of recruiting people into fencing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, tough times, but you know, nice to see them uh, a return to form. Yeah. With, uh, and a home World Cup, so yeah, that's, uh, exactly. that's always good. Exactly. So uh, in the semi-finals, um, well, Ariana Rigo actually made pretty short work of, of Carolyn Golubitsky. Yeah, it was very straightforward. She in, just in went straight through her and that was that. There yeah. wasn't anything... No, no great excitement in that one. Uh, but the other semi-final was absolutely tremendous, uh, mm-hmm. where we had Lee Kiefer fencing uh, Ina Deraglazova. Yeah. And, well, how would you describe it? Nip, nip and tuck most of the way through it? It was very close. I mean, Deraglazova, yeah, they swapped, they swapped the lead a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Lee was... Lee, Lee's more 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 aggressive and active this time. Even when, last time I was, we spoke about that, spoke about Lee. I was saying how impressed it was with her movement, mm-hmm. flowing backwards and forwards. But this time she was, our game was much more aggressive. There was yeah, much more. It was a pretty feisty performance, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was really really good, uh, and it was really really close. And I wasn't right at the end. It looked like Dergelsova might just just get it over the line. But yeah, she sort of broke away to get a, a lead at thirteen eleven. I think it right. was, mm-hmm. um, which you know that that close to finishes potentially pretty decisive yeah. uh but yeah we, we keep her scrap and battle their way back into a real good mixture of hits yeah i kind of like this thing that she was doing where um she was it wasn't just the movement making the her opponent uh fail um she was throwing her arm out quite a lot so the so that whoever she was she was fencing uh didn't quite know quite what distance lee was at whether it was danger or not that's what it looked like she was doing yeah it was good, good disruption in the, oh, the yeah. preparation it was, yeah, yeah it was good good work so it comes down to 14 all and and Kiefer eventually yep. clinches the win a really yeah. really good fight i really really enjoyed it yeah so on to the final uh Kiefer Arrigo. Mm-hmm. well i i thought i Arrigo looked up for it she looked really supremely confident going into it i thought yeah, I mean... Almost arrogantly, but I mean, she looked really, really confident. Yeah, it's hard to say whether it's an arrogance or just... Yeah, where, where do you... Arrogance the difference been, between arrogance and confidence. It's, it's, yeah, okay, maybe arrogance is a bit too strong, but definitely confident, super confident. Everything about her body language is just like, oh, I'm just here to do this thing. It's just, it, yeah, it's business. Yeah, and it looked like that's what she was going to do. And again, it was another one where it was nip and tuck. I mean... Yeah, uh, and nobody really got a big lead, more than a couple of hits. More than a couple of hits. And every time one of them got a, got a lead, the other one dug in and just really sort of brought it back yeah and it was interesting again because lee's tactics were the same as they were against derrick over that's obviously how she wants to fence at the moment mm. uh, but what i thought was really interesting was watching regal th- fire in these sort of long aggressive lunges so um a very sort of saber-like attack on preparation yeah, yeah. exactly I, I noticed that as well and, and i couldn't say whether that was something that's entirely new for her but it, it did look it looked like a sabre making yeah Making was, an attack on preparation. Was, that same sort of really sharp acceleration, fast extension of the hand, and what it produces in foil, rather than it being called as an attack on preparation as it would be at Sabre, it produces one light. Yeah, exactly. And it was really interesting to watch because if, if Lee was even slightly uh, uncommitted, mm-hmm. uh, that was when Regal would pull this one out. And yeah. it, would just, it would just be one light, and then it was really good. And then Lee would... Uh, she just had this sort of that really aggressive, disrupting, disrupting movement, and then she was able just to sort of pull off these really lovely uh, pyropos. Yeah, again, her her usual uh, mixture of defensive tactics yeah. to to break up. Uh, She's tremendous. I, I do. I love the way that she fences. It really, it's really the kind of fencing I like. Yeah, really aggressive and physical. So, anyway, and the result was <sighs> Kiefer edges at fifteen fourteen, and it was a uh, yeah tremendous bit of fencing. Yeah. Again, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, women's fall has been on. 
on fine form overall. I think is, so. Is, remember, is, I was seeing a spectacle. Remember, I was saying I, thought, I think women's false turned a corner. I genuinely think it. Yeah. I was watching this, uh, thinking, oh, you know, all the way through, and the, you know, I only watched the, the the final thing, but the whole thing, I was never thinking I was going to be bored. Or mm-hmm. it, it was active. It was really. There was lots going on. Uh, there was a lot of passion involved. Ah, I really loved it. Yeah, another another good days, uh, entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, team event. Um, kind of predictable Italy win um, I mean we could analyse it a bit more than that but at the moment women's foil uh, team is totally dominated by Italy yeah. this is the final World Cup of the season and Italy have won all of them although it was Germany in the final yeah again more more good news for, for German women's foil at a time when, mm-hmm. when they need it um, final was fairly straight straightforward yeah. um, a few a few strong strong legs from Germany but you, you never really felt that Italy were ever going to lose it I mean nope. Arrigo's the star of the team but um, uh, Battini and Volpe were the, were the other two in the Italian team and you know they're yeah. uh, while they had disappointing individual results both went out in the last mm-hmm. 64 um, I mean that's a really solid team and there's there's nobody really at yeah. the moment that's a, that's a match for that mm-hmm. so uh, yeah Italian women spoiled thoroughly on top on the team side of things Anything else you really want to talk about in the teams? Uh, no I don't think so no, that was France? Yeah, again, not surprising. France and France and Russia taking third and fourth. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a fam- familiar lineup. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm looking down through the table, and it's just like, it's just all the usuals. So there's no, yeah. no, I mean, no major Ger- upsets. Yeah, Germany was a surprise package. Uh, yeah, comfortable win over over USC on the way up as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. you know, and then a close edge, and then the close, the, and then semis they just edged it over uh, Russia. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that is a good win for Germany because Germany are sitting about mm-hmm. seventh or eighth in the in the world rank in yeah. the world team rankings. Uh, so to, to pick up the silver, there's a, a good performance. And mm. uh, I, th- I think they were thoroughly buoyed by plenty of noise from the home crowd. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's a strong performance for Germany. Yeah. And, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't get carried away. Seeing it's a big revival for them. It's one competition. It's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't stake my life on them. Have you got um, any more before the Worlds? Uh, well, you've got the various zonal championships. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but no, no World Cups. That's the final, final right. women's foil World Cup okay. of the season. Mm-hmm. All right, that's interesting. And so then, onwards, onwards. So the next one we have uh, much less to say about. It's the women's epi at uh, Rio. Yeah, I mean this isn't some sort of plot uh, against women's epi, uh, but it's because Rio joins the the Hall of Shame along with uh, let's think who do we have? Yeah. Cancun at women's foil. Um, Buenos Aires at Men's Epi, uh, Yangzhou at Women's Sabre. That's right, yeah. Where there was no live feed. Yeah. So it is kind of one of those things where, you know, if uh, you know if a tree falls in the forest and, mm-hmm. and nobody's there to see it, does it make a sound? Yeah. It's like so, if a competition happens and there's no live feed, did it actually happen? It's just a set of scores. Exactly. And all we can do is just really shrug our shoulders and go, look at, look at, the, look at the results and go, oh, right, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's not great radio. I appreciate that. Uh-huh. But... Um, yeah, I'd love to be offered, be able to offer more comment, but we we really can't. Cause well, all, all I will say is, um, in the final and the semis, you have the Estonians. Yeah, good day for Estonia. Um, happy for them, obviously. Uh-huh. And uh, I originally thought, because I, I hadn't seen this and I was looking at the results, I originally thought that you know all the, the top fences weren't there, but no, they were. But they they were, they just went early. early, yeah. But who knows why? Because we didn't get to see it. Yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. Uh, the other thing to comment on that... Uh, Lots of scores that, that made it to fifteen, which mm-hmm. which we like. Yeah. Uh, not too much in the way of, uh, you know, low scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six threes or five fours at 
at time. Mm. Um, so, you know, without actually seeing the action, we've got to guess that uh, there was some more exciting fencing going on. Yeah, than it perhaps was some largely, stuff has been. Yeah. yeah, it's largely okay. So Perfect. anyway, final results. Yep. Uh, so obviously, it's uh, it was won by the Estonian that I just mentioned, uh, Christina Kusk, who beat Alexandra Indolo of Germany. Yep. Uh, and that, it looks like a comfortable win. Well, I'm going to guess at it. 15-10. 15-10. Yeah. Might have been. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then in the semis, we had uh, the, t- the other Estonian in one semi, who, who, who's uh, Erika Kirpu. Yeah. Uh, but that one's the only low-scoring one there. It's eight. Yeah, an 8-5. T- team members, though. Yes, yeah, 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 so. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, a tough one. Likely to be patient. Yeah. yeah. And then another and then another one we had um, obviously we had Alexandra Ndolo against uh Evenel up Poland. Yeah, another strong result for her. Yeah. And also close one that one, fifteen fourteen. Yeah, that might be an absolute thriller and I really wish you could have seen it. I've I've got a guess. I'm going to guess that that one is a good one as well. We're seeking out, but it's just a guess. Is that how we're going to describe it? I, yeah, it I'm, was brilliant. It was brilliant. Wish I could have seen it. Yeah. Using my psychic yeah. powers there. Rio de Janeiro, you're a great disappointment. Yeah. Uh, in the teams. Oh, hang on. I've lost a bit of paper. Hmm. Well, I've got the teams here. Okay, tell me about it then. Well, it looks Since like... Since I it... didn't see it. <laughs> well, you, using, using my, my powers of farsight, uh, I, I see that it was uh, originally won... I said it was finally won by Italy. Okay. Uh, who beat Russia in the final, uh, 29-28. And I bet you that was exciting. Uh, it was probably <laughs> exciting for maybe the last minute or so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah... And then in the semis, we've just got uh, Russia beat China, 38-32, and Italy beat Ukraine, 33-18. Again, I'm using my psychic powers. I guarantee that wasn't exciting. No, you're probably right. Yeah. There's probably a lot of standing around poking at each other. Yeah. Okay, so that was Rio. That's Rio. Who knows knows really what happened, but there's, there's the results. Yep. So, our final World Cup. Yep, uh, it's uh, Saint Petersburg, uh, obviously Russia, and that uh, was the men's foil. It was, yeah. I watched lots of this because they had a quite beautiful live stream. The, they did. They also uh, they also showed the semi-finals and final on um, on Facebook Live as well, which had um, oh, a lot of people viewing. Yeah, over a thousand. Wow, thousand people viewing. That must be a bit come of the final. Uh, maybe so, but yeah, it worked, worked really well, actually, because mm-hmm. I mean, you get all the sort of comments um, going. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I know you get that in the FIE um, YouTube's live feed as well. I've noticed uh, it seems to be the same sort of five or six people in the in the live stream on YouTube. A lot of familiar faces, including you, actually, Gavin. <laughs> well, I, I can be found on there. I'm usually making a cheeky comment or two. <laughs> so anyway, on, on to the actual action. Yeah, so uh, where do you want to start with this? So we, do, we work our way up, up, down from the finals that we've been doing, or do you want to talk about the semis first? Uh, semi-finals were semi-finals were great. Um, first semi-final, uh, Timo Safin against Andrea Cassara. It was a cracker. I really enjoyed it. It was, yeah. Um, brilliant piece of fight management from Cassara. I yeah. thought. I thought Safin was going to take it right at the start. If if you'd asked me uh, before the fight to uh, stake my house on somebody winning, mm-hmm. uh, I would have cheerfully put my house on on Safin. He's been in fantastic form all season. Yep. Um looked absolutely tremendous at the last World Cup. Um and has not been as in as good a form as he ha- could be in. Well he's getting on a bit now. Uh I mean, he's been superstar world fencing for the best part of fifteen years. It's true. Uh first one Olympic medal back in, in two thousand and four. 
but his results have been yeah pretty pretty patchy yeah um, this, over the, this over the last few years yeah. yeah definitely this year as well he's not been quite as uh, quite the man he was I, I like his weak Asara offences mm-hmm. you know he can be a bit t- stereotypically Italian if you know what I mean He's he's not nearly as uh, dramatic and um, confrontational as he as he once was. You know, as yeah, a he young used to fencer. be really confrontational. I remember yeah, seeing he was. Uh, obviously, the Europeans were quite quite easy to dislike. Yeah, <laughs> but he's mellowed a little bit with age, and that you know that's, that's no bad thing. Um, he's now actually becoming a sort of senior statesman of the of the Italian team. Um, I hadn't thought about it that way. Oof. Yeah, cause, I mean, it's a young team that's 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 round about in these days. Well, well him and Baldini. Well, Baldini was there. But he's not. He's not part of the. All oh, right, he's not part of the main team. team event. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let's get back to the fencing. Uh, so Savin did take a lead at the at the start, and it looked like he was just going to walk his way through it. Mm-hmm. But no, no, Casara was having none of that. Yeah, um, Casara started to to find his range with his with his parrier post mm-hmm. and uh, land them more reliably as well, uh, sweeping through the blade and cart and flicking yeah. to chest, sweeping through it and seeks and flicking to the shoulder. Yeah, uh, and he, he nailed a load of those in the middle of the fight to mm-hmm. take a lead. Um, and at that point, Safin started to doubt his own attack. I felt, yeah, he, at which point it opens up the opportunity yeah. for Cassara to hit him with counter attacks yeah. and stop hits. And then Cassara just he, once he got once he clawed his way back up, exactly. What was this? The, what did he overturn? Was it five points? Uh, yeah, I think it probably was four or five. Four or five. He, he overturned like took the lead, and then Cassara could just sit back because he's quite a bit taller than Safin. Yeah, and he actually sort of resorted to. You know, uh, th- the thing I love to do when I'm a left, which is stick my arm out and hit my opponent without much effort. <laughs> <laughs> But it's how he, how he got into the position to be able to do that that's well, yes, interesting. That's yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, you're simplifying it a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, maybe your tactics. Yeah. But there was a bit, bit more to it in Cassara's case. No, but it was lovely. It was a lovely display from him, actually. And uh, I don't know, Saf, I think you're right. Safin just lost the plot in the middle, I think. Yeah, couldn't couldn't work, to, work it out. Yeah, just, this is winning a minute ago. Why is this not working yeah, getting anymore? getting picked off with one thing. Think, oh, hang on, I'm not so sure anymore. Mm-hmm. And opens yeah. himself up to... To stop us in counter attacks, yeah. yeah. So, absolute classic though 15 13, not bad, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then the other yeah. semi was pretty good too, against uh, with uh, Chung Garozzo, yeah. Uh, breakthrough for, for Chung, he he won the Asian Championships mm-hmm. last year, but I don't, th- I, I, I certainly hasn't meddled now. This, this may be one of these claims that I make, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Singaporean medalists, but um, Chung's not he, that old, so he's not had that many opportunities. Well, he's just fresh off winning the world juniors, exactly. So, I mean, he's what early 20s, so. Well, so he can't be older than no, no. He can't be older than twenty. Yeah, exactly. So he's like still a nipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm going to confidently say this was a, a breakthrough result mm-hmm. for him making yeah. uh, making a first senior World Cup or Grand Prix final. Yeah, uh, and he performed really well. It was a yeah. really close and interesting fight. Uh, properly contrasting styles. Um, and Chuck's and, in great form at the moment. He looks. I still th- even at the world, maybe you were just like, oh, he looks so uh, dismissive. Because he's so much above the, to get the next guy down, mm. and this he still looks like he has that form where he was just kind of was doing his thing, and you had Garotso doing his thing, and yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that one too. Yeah, another good fight. Uh, really close, I, I think, up to I think Chung Lee even had the lead at twelve eleven. I think. I think yeah, but it wasn't more than a point. Yeah, yeah. but then run of hits at the finish from Garotso yeah. to to finish the fight mm-hmm. off. Um, Garotso did get treated for cramp kind of halfway through that fight in his in his left leg and his back leg. Mm. Um, uh, and by the time he got to the final, I, I thought he looked properly tired. Actually, you think? Points. Yeah, I did. Mm, well, we'll come back. Come back to that in a minute. But uh, I, I don't think he looked tired. Uh, no, I don't. Think, mm. I don't think he looked tired. 
did look like he was finished off at one point. Uh, right. <laughs> so psychologically rather than physically done yeah, in. Yeah, well, he was... Uh, or, or am I thinking, okay, well, let's talk about the final then. Okay. Because it was a cracking final. It was, yeah. Um, Grotzo raced out to an early lead. He was, what, 9-2 up, I think oh, it was. Oh, yeah. It was just like, he looked like he was just going to walk off with it. But yeah. then Kassar was like, nah, I'm not having that. Yeah, scrapped in battle. I mean, again, it wasn't, wasn't necessarily beautiful stuff. Um, but again, yeah. he found found his range with... Uh, Got his rhythm as well. It was definitely, yeah. it was a, he needed to establish a rhythm. That's he was clearly struggling at the start. Then he established himself and mm-hmm. it was... Uh, Again, it was a case of you know using his height, using his reach, yeah, and that lovely um, sort of gathering into into the low line, you know, the eights and seconds, and then beating out from there and things like that. It was good. Yeah, again, again, this is kind of like good left hand stuff. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know your feelings about left handers are <laughs> yeah. sort of profoundly different from mine, uh, since you're left handed, and I thankfully yep. I'm, I'm not. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, scrapped his way back into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got a lead again, and a, a narrow lead towards the end of the yeah. fight. I think he was oh, maybe even 12-10 up. 12-10, that's right. But again, Bogorosa scrapped to be back out. And it would get yeah, I mean, what what happened there was it, it got to the minute break at the end of the first period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's close. Casaraz maybe even a hit or two yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, and then Grosso changed his tactics a little bit. So rather than mm-hmm. uh, taking the blade once and doing his usual yeah. slow advance, advance prepare, mm-hmm. and trying to finish... Um, which the referee had actually called him on as being preparation. He'd given uh, two or three hits in the, That's right, yeah. uh, when Kassara was fighting his way back into the match, um, which he gave Kassara as an attack on preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, Garotso switched to, to finding the blade more more frequently yeah. uh, as he was coming forward. So he, you know, it was clear that he was maintaining the, yeah. maintaining the right of way and largely finished the fight off with yeah. that and sort of change of tactics in the second period. What, what did you think about the hit where Kassara, uh, I can't remember, Kassara's basically doing try to do a ducking stop hit. Mm-hmm. So it was a backward lunge, hits Garozzo and then falls over. Did you, do you remember this one? Yeah, I do. Uh, again, quite uh, close to the finish. Quite close to the finish because it looked like, I think that was, I thought that, that was the 13th or the 14th hit. Well, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, it would have stepped had it counted. Had it counted. Um, I didn't think it was valid anyway. No, I, I mean, I think I think at the point where your bum touches the ground, you're not. Yeah, you're you're not on your feet. You're, you're not getting the hit. <laughs> no, we did him before his bum hit the ground, but he's clearly uh, well sure? on the way. Well, yeah. he's well on the way. You know, uh, he seemed pretty okay with it actually. I mean, the referee, you know, didn't award the hit, and he had a little grumble about it, but nothing. You know, no yeah. no full Italian outrage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, uh No, I thought that I thought that was fair enough. Mm-hmm. That was only the sort of notable thing I thought about the fight. It's kind of like mm, interesting, but you know, because he's quite a big guy. Garotz is quite a small guy compared to him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Go for I, a ducking hit. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Oh, he scored with he scored with at least one before then. I think so. I mean, I think it's that sort of genuine surprise of you know you get a very tall opponent. Yeah. And, and suddenly he disappears disappears south, and you go, mm-hmm. where'd he go? I thought it was more like an over under. Went for a flick and finished underneath. Anyway, never mind. That's a, that's probably a bit too nerdy. <laughs> So yeah, a maiden a maiden World Cup win for uh, for young Mr. Garot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean Olympic champion, obviously. So he's he's got some sort of form. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we pointed this out before that he's not actually won a great deal at at, at senior level um, beyond his his triumph in Rio. So yeah. yeah, one on the board compared with. But did you see his flash interview at the end? Yes, I did. Uh, it was actually quite interesting. Did it in English, so it was actually interesting to listen to. He was just talking about how happy he was to to finally win and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's good. No, his English is good, which uh, which is interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get oh, him when um, we're in Leipzig. <laughs> before we talk, about, before we talk about the teams, I want to talk about the commentary. Oh which, yes, which I thought was excellent. 
genuinely yeah, excellent. Now, we were talking about this earlier and trying to work out um, who it was that was mm-hmm. doing it. Now, we could work out uh, that one of them was uh, Russian fencer Artem Sidov, yep. who was a member of the Russian team until quite recently. Um, but we couldn't work out who the other guy was, Daniel somebody. Well, I, but I, we I, couldn't I, make out the surname. I don't think it was the Hungarian. I don't think it was Daniel Dosa or anyone like that. But Because I'm sure he was Russian. But they kind of mumbled his name and I just... Yeah, couldn't pick it out. So if anybody knows, I'd like to know. Uh, yeah, because I, 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 really I thought good. they did a good job. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, it's always going to be a bit difficult when you've got uh, two commentators where English isn't their first language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a, a few a few bits and pieces that kind of um, jar slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I thought it was interesting because um, they managed to, to get that sort of difficult, do that difficult thing, which I think we found in commentary, which is to, to see the action. I call it correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were absolutely uh, brilliant. And about. actually being able to say something intelligent about it at the same yep. time. So uh, quite often you'd hear, I think it was Seedoff was was clearly the one who was reading it well. Uh, you'd see, oh, it was a lovely hit. It was an over-under, beautiful, beautiful, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, this is great. I could I could listen to these guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they were good. Yeah. So well done. Yes. Well well done, Artem and Daniel, Daniel, Daniel whoever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So on to the teams. Yep. Um... The the teams were was slightly strange actually because you had your top four teams then, mm-hmm. um, and then the interesting thing was that the teams that finished fifth to eighth at the Olympics uh, weren't there, so there was no team from Britain. I was going to ask about no that. team from China, mm-hmm. uh, no team from Egypt, and no team from Brazil. Why is that? Um, in Britain's case, I'm guessing because they have no money. Uh, that was my guess, but. Um, uh, plus, sort of team regular uh, Mark Smepstead's are we training in China yes. at the moment? He's over there for for several weeks. Um, so no British team. Yeah. In the case of the other three, I really don't know. Um, right. I don't know. There was no Chinese fencers at all there. Maybe they're non-fencers in individual. Do you pol- do you political reasons for for Chinese Chinese fencers not to go to Russia? Could be, but that's a guess, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, Anyway, I was a bit perplexed about it too, and I was looking at it going, I don't know where these guys are. Yeah. So So it was odd. So it did mean that your your top four teams made it pretty comfortably through yeah. to through yeah. to the semi final. Um so our lineup for the semis was uh Russia against the USA and Italy against France. Which is a bit this is these are becoming the standard teams now, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean you occasionally get the intervention of um Japan who've who've made the top four a few times. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, basically these are your, your top four teams at the okay. moment. Um, so I didn't watch very much of either, any of this. So, would you want which one do you want to start with? Well, the kind of main talking point we did in this one actually is the the final hit in the Russia USA match. Yes. Now, the the USA team was uh, no no Alex Masialis, uh in St Petersburg. No. Um, apparently at home studying. Um, now he's back back studying full time. Um, so. And there was no Garrett Meinhardt either. Did he not fence an individual? He did, but yeah, didn't fence in the team. Oh. And again, I don't know why. All right. Um, okay. So it meant you had Mark uh, Chanley Watson, Ray Simbadon, two two regulars yes. in the team, and then Brian Kanishige and young Nick Aitken as well, yeah. uh, making up the four. Maybe they're uh, trying something different as well. It could be that. They're maybe just having a look to see. Possible. I mean, a few of the teams look slightly experimental. Um, Timo Arslanov was in the in the Russian team okay. and started um 
started for them and, and fenced throughout the final um, and fenced pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a, a new face for the for the Russian team. I mean, Akhmatuzin seems to have disappeared after Rio. Uh, they seem to have accepted that uh, Cheremisinov's kind of Packed in. Passed, passed his best. Well, okay. Um, and so trying out some fresh mm-hmm. blood there. Anyway, getting back to the uh, the Russia USA match, uh, really good seesaw match. Mm-hmm. Um, gets to forty four. Well, gets the final final match. Safin against Miles Chanley Watson. Yep. Um, USA actually had a bit of a lead going into the final final match. They were forty thirty seven up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Safin. Did a Safin. Does a Safin? Yeah, yeah. does an impression impression of uh, the Terminator. Yep. Uh, gets it to 44 all. Yep. And then there's a big call. Um, so two lights. Yep. Um, C- Timur uh, Safin attacks. Yep. Um, Miles goes for the parry. Goes for the parry. And the riposte. Looks to flick to back. Yes. And two, two lights. lights. Um, Miles goes absolutely bananas. Thinking he Charges around it. the place. Shouting, screaming, jumping up and down. Yep. Um Safin standing on the on guard line. Referee goes to the video, therefore a long time having a good look at it. Yep. Comes back, calls a hit, attack from Safin's parried. Repost is no. Safin's remise is tush. Yep. And a remise of the repost from from Miles. Now are we, are we when, going to discuss this Russia. one because. Well, I need to. I need to spend a wee bit of time watching it on decent screen. I've only watched a few times on my phone. Yeah, likewise. I've not uh, seen it on the big screen yet. I'm still not convinced the call was right, but the score was correct, I think. I don't think it's phrased correctly. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm undecided, to be honest, about the about the hit itself. Uh, the, the phrasing that was given doesn't seem right. No. Um, I'm not, not convinced about that at all. I, I suppose, actually, my main point on this is this seems to become of a, a bit of a, a trend that, um, you know, somebody's unhappy with how something's been phrased, how it's been awarded, um, and then post it all over social media. Yeah, which is how we. Well, I find out about it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I saw it at the at the time. I watched. Yeah. I watched it on the live stream. Um, didn't necessarily look right there. Uh, difficult to watch it in in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, but you know, how do how do you feel about this um, naming shaming of referees? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, there are penalties for it in other sports. I'm not entirely sure why we would be any different, but we are a small sport anyway. I, I don't know. It was a bit of a rant, and he was clearly unhappy. And I, I can see his point of view, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. because even we are t- we've talked about this, and we are not. I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced. I think the call was right. I just don't think it was phrased correctly. So for to me, I, I'll, I'll come out. I'll put my cards on the table. For me, it looks like Miles tries to make the pie but fails. So it's Timber's attack. Sorry, right? He just comes through. It's Malpani. You know. That's just the end of it for me. That's what it looks like. Uh, but again, I haven't seen it on a proper size screen to really properly analyse it. The, the quality of the, the recording that I saw wasn't great. So yeah. until I've really watched it, I'm not going to say 100% that that's what it looked like. Yeah, I'm almost not that interested in the call. <laughs> so, <All right. laughs> I, mean, I know I know it makes a huge difference yeah. to, the, to the participants. But um, I personally, I think the score was right. I just don't think it was phrased well. There you yeah. go. That's, that's basically what I'm saying. And the, the posting you're, you're discussed on, on social media, would you stand on that? Uh, I'm I'm swithering on whether to, to, to sort of condemn it or not. Right. I get it. I get why you do it, mm-hmm. I, and it's not unusual. Uh, I'm not. 
I'm not sure we can condone it. I'm not sure I could actively say, yeah, okay, you know, fill your boots, slag off the referee. I'm yeah. not saying that at all. I just, I'm in two minds about it. It doesn't come, it doesn't sit well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Anyway, on to the, on to the final. Um, France won the the other semi in a, a, a close-fought uh, match with Italy, a 45-43. Um, and in the final, they dispatched Russia pretty comfortably, to be honest. The, the team is where France is strong. They really are. Yep. They are and good this, as a team. And this actually wasn't a, an Erwan Lepeshu no? dominated I, performance as it well. It was holding the whole team up. No, absolutely usual. not. No, um, Both Cado and the four uh, fenced tremendous legs to open up a... Uh, a decent lead for okay. France and I think it was the fourth and fifth legs of the match mm-hmm. uh, which they, they held on to and even stretched out comfortably as, the, right. as the match wore on so a, th- a thoroughly rounded team performance from mm. from France to, uh, say, to take think, the win there I mean they are they are a good team yeah. know, together they are really really good as a team they're so. certainly the most coherent looking team at the moment I think yeah. out of uh, out of all of them all the others have their their kind of ups and downs um, and they always they all have a sort of an identifiably Weaker fencer, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the USA. Actually, they, they may be the exception, but uh, certainly. Well, it's, it's not the usual team in America, so that does open them up to uh, a bit more sort of creative creativity from their opponents. Because the opponents would be going, "Well, it's not the usual team. They're all not used to fencing with each other as much." And well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are. I mean, maybe maybe they're trying something new. But uh, I think if at this late stage before the world, do you think it's a good idea to put an experimental team in, um, or I, just maybe no, they were just forced to? I, I think forced into. It. I mean, certainly with uh, Alex Marcellus not being there because mm-hmm. uh, he's home studying, yep. uh, and Gerrit Meinhardt's absence for for whatever reason, I, I'm sure that come the okay. come the zonals and the uh, and the World Championships will will be back to be the, yeah. the sort of familiar four. Uh, so just before we move on, uh, move on to the ne- uh, our next section, I was just going to ask if you saw the picture of Imboden lying at the feet of Son, defeated. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's going on there? Because I looked at this and I thought, is it just Imboden <coughs> was just unhappy about being beaten? Or um, I'm not sure when the, f- the photo was taken. I mean, I, it wasn't clear whether this was sort of mid-fight. He, you know, he happened to have tripped and fallen over, or that was the end of the match. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's having a lie down and a bit of a. <sighs> uh, that wasn't had a, what I had right. planned. Yeah, um, I did see it. It's a great photo. Yeah, uh, probably maybe don't feel that way if you're if you're recent Bowden perhaps. But yeah. uh, uh, I, I haven't watched that fight yet, so I've got no idea exactly what was going on there. But Son does look pretty calm, doesn't he? He's walking off business but, as usual. I'm yeah, off now. that'll be a win. Yeah, yeah. This, anyway. is, this is what I train thirty hours a week for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean that's that's a results roundup done. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, yeah, after after the sort of manic. Charged through the world cadets and juniors uh, last time. It was nice to actually be able to uh, talk about the events, apart from Rio, obviously. Yeah. Um, in a bit more, in yeah. a bit more depth. So that brings us to our last uh, feature today, and that's our uh, our usual coolest fencer on the planet. Mm, yep. So who do we have? We've got Lee Kiefer again. Yep. Uh, Daniel Garozzo. Mm-hmm. And obviously Casara. Uh, so, what do you think, Sean? What we're going to do? Well. Much as it was a, a brilliant performance from Lee Kiefer, and I thoroughly enjoyed it for mm-hmm. its variety and its tactical application, uh, she was our coolest fencer on the planet just a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Ago, so mm-hmm. I don't think we can pick her. Oh, okay. Even though we, is that harsh? It's a little bit harsh. I've, We've not had any repeat winners yet. Right. Okay. See. Okay. Fair enough. I just, I just really enjoyed the way that she fenced. Like, as I say, it's a sort of terrier-like way. That she was just attacking her opponents. I thought it was great. I loved every minute of it. But okay, 
you got you got to remember the criteria for being coolest fencer on the planet is not just down to your ability to fence. <laughs> they can all fence though. <laughs> yeah, but she she was fencing particularly well. All right, okay, fair enough. So on to uh, Daniele then. What do we think? Um, first World Cup. First World Cup win for for Garozzo. Mm-hmm. Fence tremendous. I, as I say, I thought he looked pretty done in towards the end. Yeah, I'm not and, sure I agree and, with that, but okay. and still, yeah. still came up with a, a, yeah. a smart tactical change to to take the win. No sign of any any nerves. I thought as well, calm all the way through it. Yep. You know, even when he was going down, he was just like, "No, just here to do the job. I'm just working my way through it." Yeah. And the other option with Casa is his best result for for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and to name his coolest fencer on the planet when he when he didn't actually take the win um, is almost more like a, a sort of lifetime achievement award. What you mean? It's, it's kind of like a, a a participation medal. No, not exactly. Um, I mean, Kasser is what thirty four now. Um, he he stated he's he's looking to qualify for for the Olympics in Tokyo, which is still another three years away. He's pushing it for um, four wheelie, isn't he? Will there be many foilists that are that old in Tokyo? Well, the thing is, uh, that sort of whole generation of of foilists. Uh, Kassara, Cruz, Lepeshu, uh, Jopic are all still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, on their day, they still look fantastic, but those days are are fewer than they used to be. Yeah, exactly. They're not they're not the dominant figures that they once were mm-hmm. um, at world level. And um, while well, I had a had a great weekend in St Petersburg, who knows how long we'll do this podcast for? But I start to I start to worry that. If we don't name Kassar as coolest fencer on the planet now, mm-hmm. our our chances to do it are going to appear less often in future. I mean, I've got to say, we uh, said something like this about Jopic as well, where uh, he can still occasionally turn on, turn it on, turn up and do the goods. Yeah, win win something, and in that moment, you just see the great fencer that you know he has been in the past. Yeah, that maybe he's not capable of being all the time now. And I thought Kassar looked like that when I was watching it. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, wow, it's like this is the old Kassar who's just really, really good, you know. Yeah, incredible hand and point speed and yeah, yeah. Um, able to, to manage a fight brilliantly like he yeah, did against exactly. Safin. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to decide it then. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. No Garot- pressure. Yeah, so Garotz has won, a, uh, won an Olympic gold. Mm-hmm. But Kassar has won medals at Olympics too. Yep. Kassar is an old man. He's 34. That's, He's that's pretty youthful from where I'm standing. <laughs> Even from where I'm standing, that's pretty youthful. All right, are we going to go for Kassar? Is that what we're saying? Your call, Gav. All right, Kassar it is. I think we're going to have plenty of opportunities with Garozzo. Yeah. Plenty. You know that's, kind of, that's kind of half my point. Right. I mean, he, he, wins his, he wins his first Senior World Cup. Mm-hmm. Fence great. Yeah. Fantastic entertainment. But he's going to be around for the next... What fifteen years? Uh, mm. Maybe maybe that's pushing it. Ten years. Ten, ten years. Ten years. Okay. Ten years. Okay, fair enough. Casera is then. Congratulations, Andrea. You are our coolest fencer on the planet. It's the it's the one accolade he's been waiting for all these years. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think that just about uh, wraps up for this one. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so we just want to thank our sponsors again. Thanks to Lee Paul for providing us with the uh, the the opportunity to go to Leipzig. They've essentially paid for all this lovely equipment we've got and this lovely new voice and we're quite happy to, <laughs> to talk about how great they are yeah definitely yep and obviously thanks to all of our uh, patreon supporters again yep remember you can join them too it's only a dollar a month yeah and you'd be in our gang yeah we'd love you yeah 
And that's us, I think. Yep. Well, okay. And that's good night for me. And it's good night for me. Thank <laughs> you.